0: I'm Gretchen, and I'm Becca, and we are closing out our series with consumption part three: topicals and tinctures. Yay! Yay! We made it. So we're off on another can quest.
1: Yay! We are questing, but before we get into the actual quest portion of this episode let's set the scene for what we're already enjoying so far I well could you actually kick us off Gretchen with what you're smoking or what you've already consumed
0: so I you know that olive oil I infused a few weeks ago and like when we did the recording for the, the edibles I took a little bit so to this morning I was like oh maybe I can use that as a tincture I'll just I'll take a little bit out of the bottle and put it in my mouth and I was like <laughs> Oh, man, I don't feel like making a spoon or something dirty. So I'll just take a swig out of the bottle. <laughs> now, if you can't gauge by how much I'm laughing, by how badly that went, then um, I will tell you. Because I ended up with a mouth full of oil. Oh, I mean, I probably wasn't more than like a quarter of a cup or a half a cup, but it was still way more than I wanted in my mouth. And I was like, I had it in my mouth and I just went, should i swallow it did i what should i do how should i handle this this is too much oil should i spit it out and save it that sounds kind of gross maybe not not doing that so eventually i just spit most of it into the garbage can and then just like <laughs> let the rest of it sit in my mouth because i was like it's spo- like uh, oil tincture like you can make an oil tincture technically so i was just like well let's let's see because i don't know if that'll absorb how that works how that absorbs through the mouth. Like alcohol is definitely more efficient, but I definitely felt something after holding it in my mouth for about a little over a minute. So even after I spit most of it out, (laughs) and I was like, nope, this was a very bad idea. Very, very bad (laughs) idea. Great, awesome, awesome job, Gretchen, great. So since we're talking about topicals today, I've been experimenting with some of my homemade, we'll say homemade remedies. Since the the oil wasn't really supposed to be a tincture, so to speak, it was supposed to be a put into feud, feud infusion.
1: A feud infusion? A feud infusion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I started out with a big mouthful of oil this morning. (laughs) Talk about a feud infusion. Feud infusion. (laughs) And then I dug up some, of, uh, some tincture I've made a while ago that I, I really don't even know how long ago I made it, but it tasted really gross. So I don't know if I really want to keep it, but I'm also having a hard time throwing it away. Just now I took a nice hit of some pineapple
1: gelato, which is a hybrid. I'm just doing some flour. I don't have any experimental tinctures or topicals to try, but I am smoking purple goat and it's 25% THC and then almost 2% CBD, which I was glad mm. to see. And then some myrcene, caryophyllene and limonene. So it's been, it's nice. I like it. I'm the, yeah, I know I'm on a journey to discover if I like myrcene or not. And right now it's feeling fine. So no. I don't know.
0: I, I think I feel like a lot of what I'm going to end up saying today is the science is still really new on this. So I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with that and then completely forget what I was going to say. Oh, that we, you know, there's just not enough research on the terpene stuff yet. They've only really started thinking or studying the terpene information in the last few years. So, you know, that's still really new. And, and so I think as, more information comes out about that will you'll be able to hone those things a little bit more too but I'm glad it's working for you today did you have some <laughs> mango to go with that or something isn't that the
1: one that gets a uh, mango or is that maybe I I didn't have any but I don't yeah I don't know what's going on maybe I'm more hydrated I don't know <laughs> <laughs> hydration Who knows? It's very hydration <laughs> yes we're not just drinking water though right I'm all I'm Got a cocktail of rye with San Pellegrino and Gretchen, I see you drinking something that looks really fun. I am drinking
0: Carboniste and this is a, I like how they write, modern modern sparkling wine. Now I was turned on to this by my, one of my managers, Jess at work. She uh, is a club member for this winery and it's a red sparkling wine, which is really one of my favorite things of all time is red sparkling wine. It's pretty. And, I, and it's delicious. I mean, this this stuff, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> but it's a delightful red sparkling wine.
1: Perfect. Just, so we are perfectly primed to get going then.
0: I think so. <laughs> the long journey. <laughs> yeah. Get into the long Start journey it. here. What we've already covered in our seri- our consumption series, <laughs> we started with inhalation since that is the most popular form of cannabis consumption then we covered eating drinking and pills in our second portion and and the production of those items because that will the information from that episode will apply to some of what we're talking about today so if you haven't listened to that episode i'd recommend you know taking a quick break and hopping over to that one and then coming back and finishing up with this one cuz you will need some of the information to understand what we're talking about today at least in part <laughs> We're also going to talk a little bit more about our end, <laughs> and now we have to remember how to say this properly because we've been calling it the wrong thing this whole time. Now it's going to be really hard for me to pronounce because I have to think about it. Right. Your endocannabinoid. <laughs> nope, I still threw an extra syllable in there. Endo <laughs> Endocannabinoid. <laughs> more try. One more try. And if I can't say it, we're just going to call it ECS. And that will be how (laughs) I just refer to it from here on out. (laughs) Endocannabinoid system. What's the C stand for? Is that part of endocannabinoid system? system. Okay. Yeah. So it is part of it. So it really would be ES, not ECS
1: because it's not a hyphenated word. It's only one word. I think it is most commonly referred to as the ECS,
0: it's okay. wrong. It's just wrong. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Feeling a little saucy today. I
1: can tell.
0: Here we go. Anyways, so we're going to talk about that for a little while. <laughs> what did I say? And en- endocannabinoid system. <gasps> I didn't. You just did it. You didn't. It's because you didn't think about it. And also bringing that back to uh, how that ECS responds to topicals and tincture. So we're going to talk a little bit about the endocannabinoid system to start with so that we all have a little bit better understanding. I've been feeling kind of lost as far as like really understanding what it was, where the receptors are located, what's really happening.
1: So we're going to fill you in on some of that. Right. Gretchen and I were both kind of saying to ourselves, how do we compare these three different types of consumption if we don't really know how our body's responding to each one. So we wanted to take a step back and break it down. Before we get into the endocannabinoid system, though, which once again, we have been saying wrong this whole series. So apologies for that. We're trying to get it right now. But cannabinoids and terpenes are responsible for the effects, the aroma and the flavors that you experience when you're consuming cannabis and very importantly like we'll get into they are the activators of our own endocannabinoid system so we're going to be referencing them throughout and again we also have some some specific cannabis on cannabinoids and terpenes so if you want some more information and you want to hear us mispronounce it a little bit more go check those out (laughs) just in case.
0: You want to feel the full experience of us just pronouncing that word wrong over and over again. (laughs) Go ahead. Go listen to those.
1: Gretchen, what can you tell me then about the ECS? How... Can we try to explain how it
0: works? It's interesting because it really connects to almost every other system in your body. So your pulmonary system, your nerv- nervous system, your digestive system, your everything. It, it touches every part of your body and helps with all these different things. So it's, you know, one of those things that you've got to consider if you're considering your body as a whole is how does this system work and what can it do for you? Its primary function seems to be to balance this out. Now let's, let's talk about how endocannabinoids are produced similarly to how adrenaline is produced. They respond to sp- specific stimuli. They're involved in reducing anxiety and stress and involved in pain relief, which to me, anxiety and stress and are, since those are all so similar as far as feelings go, they're pretty much all looped in together because being Mm -hmm. in pain makes you stressed (laughs) totally so if you are whenever you're experiencing any of those things your body naturally starts producing these endocannabinoids so basically it's sort of meant to balance out the other hormones and things that are produced during those times. is that right that's sort
1: of right right Right. Yeah. yeah Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we equated it to adrenaline because, or we saw it equated to adrenaline because something triggers a response in your body for a very specific reason. And a lot of parts of your body respond in the sort of overstimulated way.
0: And Endo- endocannabinoids are actually responsible for your body's own natural pain relief. Another way you can have your body produce its own endocannabinoids is by singing and or dancing. I mean, if you're doing both, I would assume that would be the most. So musical theater stars must just have outrageous amounts of endocannabinoids. <laughs> they're very balanced. They're very balanced people. <laughs> Not just because they're
1: dancers. They're brains. Right? They're Not just strongly balanced. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes sense. This system of our own is really responsible for balancing when you're feeling stressed, it's going to de-stress you. When you're feeling pain, it's going to help with that pain. We'll learn a little bit more later, but it also connects to moments when you're hungry or when you've exercised. And it's a whole gamut of of triggers, I guess you could say. I just wanted to say one thing real quick but uh, that I was thinking about when
0: we were listening to this. And I was like, well, no wonder pot makes you hungry. If like If your your THC looks like something that your body produces that tells you when you're hungry, I think I've just figured out why we get the munchies. Right. (laughs) I was feeling real smart when I kind of went, oh, 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 Oh. (laughs) zing,
1: zing, 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 zing. Things are coming together. (laughs) Anyway, so I just wanted to say that before I forgot. It's super interesting. What Gretchen's talking about and one of the things we learned is that this system is very smart. And if you are experiencing a stressful event, so I was imagining like driving in really heavy traffic because that's something that stresses me out. The more your body experiences this event the more endocannabinoids are produced each time. Every time your body goes through stressful moments, it also produces cortisol. But each time you experience this stress, so every day you continue to drive, less and less cortisol is produced and more and more endocannabinoids are produced to give you that balance in a more natural way. And so these endocannabinoids are also a part of memory formation and they help with helpful memories like times, dates, names, and lists and things. But they also prevent the formation of memories that you find hurtful or harmful or or full of trauma. And so they prevent the consolidation and the retrieval of those negative memories. So this ECS system, like Gretchen said, is constantly working to balance your body for whatever you need in that specific moment. So it's very smart. Well, no wonder pot
0: makes it so hard for you to remember
1: shit.
0: Partially because I, I'm, I'm guessing when you're high, those endocannabinoids are, uh, the cannabinoids you're introducing from outside are really interfering with those endocannabinoids. That's why especially when you're high, it's so much harder to remember things. I could be totally fucking wrong on that. So. <laughs>
1: Well, I think what we'll get into next does speak to that though. And what happens when you start consuming those plant phyto cannabinoids and what that does to your system in sort of tricking it. Right. This is one of the the things people, and I'm sure we went on about this when we started talking about
0: cannabinoids, was that, you know, it's so great that our system is just like ready made to accept these weird random plant thing. So obviously we had to, you know, evolve together because we were meant to consume this stuff. <laughs> no, we, we did learn earlier that it was basically a total crapshoot that, uh, <laughs> that, that we found this plant that has this right combination of cannabinoids that that match our own. Like it's really because there are so many cannabinoids out there in all kinds of plants. It's just that this particular one works particularly well. And the reason this is, is that THC, that THC molecule looks a heck of a lot like the natural, the our own body's molecule. I forget what the molecule is called. It's the bliss one? Yeah, the bliss one. The THC actually looks like a lot of them. <laughs> so like, what the THC does, is it goes for these endocannabinoid receptors, and the majority of these are located in your brain, although there are other ones throughout your body, and this will come up a little bit later as we get into the topicals and and how those function the fact that most of them are concentrated in your brain means that when the pot goes to your brain that's like going to be your most effective place or where you're going to get the most feeling from but the one of the drawbacks of being able to have this outside cannabinoid come into your body is that it might might fuck up your own responses (laughs) One of the things that was very much stressed in some of the videos we were watching this morning, which we will, of course, link link link, link on the website, is that more research is really needed to figure out how all these work together and, and what the actual implications are of introducing these outside cann- cannabinoids. It, but it is possible, and they do theorize and have seen, that there is some demonstrated down-regulating and disruption of how your endocannabinoid system responds. They do know that happens, so we all need to be careful on that. When THC binds to the endocannabinoid receptors, and those receptors are the primary receptors because there are more, but these are the two primary ones, CB1 and CB2, it causes a reaction that either mimics or disrupts the response from your natural endocannabinoids. Another example of this is that morphine which is from poppies, perfectly binds to our opioid receptors. So it like, so we have like a natural opioid system. Receptor well. system. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know about that. I've never <laughs> been on opioids before. So maybe <laughs> we'll someday. talk about
1: that another time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. But in a similar way where you stimulate those receptors over and over again with opioids, that's why people are so e- become so easily addicted to it is that that naturally throws your whatever balance is actually in your body off because you've overloaded with some other a synthetic, you know, or, you know, not naturally produced in your body. Your tolerance gets higher and higher and higher. So in the same way, the endocannabinoid system is not designed to be overactivated, even though it kind of seems like it has a pretty heavy duty load all the time if it's like regulating pretty much everything. <laughs> Like, no, I can't take any more. I've got it. I've got everything else. But if you put any more (laughs) on my plate, I won't be able to handle it. It's like me at work. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. It's all of us at our day jobs. Again, that system is really about balance. Like that's all it really wants to do is make sure you are in balance. So if it's being overstimulated over and over again with your cannabinoid use (laughs) or your cannabis use, your natural system is going to not produce quite as many of those endocannabinoid cannabinoids because it's like oh we've got cannabinoids floating around out here that aren't being used like we'll use those up before we throw more out and so as a result your your natural responses become lower so that's it, that's how some people develop a dependency on cannabis as well oh it, it so it also Takes out receptors. I didn't really I didn't realize that part. I hadn't processed it, that. That I. I only noticed that it stopped producing as much of the chemical. I didn't realize that it also would limit the number of receptors. And that's why you need more and more cannabis to feel the same sort of high you felt the first time.
1: Yeah, exactly. That piece about it, the our own systems stopping production of the receptors, felt really valuable to me because. Once those receptors are gone, you there's nothing for these molecules to bind to. So you don't get that positive response that you need to de-stress or relax or whatever it is you're looking for with your cannabis usage. So it can get a little slippery. And like Gretchen said, you can really develop a dependence on THC in particular because you don't really have a way to regulate it anymore. So you're constantly looking for something outside your own body. And one way to really think about this comparison is that our own ECS system produces endocannabinoids at the right time, at the right place, in very controlled circumstances and amounts. And when THC binds with our receptors, it has multiple effects at once, it's not precise, And then again, it can lead to that sort of what we heard as down regulating of our ECS. We have to find a balance because our bodies can do such a good job of creating balance on its own that I need to just keep doing a better job of listening to my body and really determining when I'm needing something and what I'm not getting on my own. Super interesting Yeah, I found this to be extremely
0: valuable and really gave me a much better appreciation for the fact that it probably is good. I forget, I was looking at, sorry, I just looked over and Kenzie is completely laid out flat over on one of the cushions (laughs) and so she like never sleeps like that where she's just like, she looks like a person laying on their side, so it's just (laughs) a
1: a little unexpected.
0: (laughs) But that there, there really is valid, a valid point to every once in a while, either completely reducing or completely stopping using cannabis. There was some term that I kept coming across yesterday when I was doing research that, that they were using like a, a cannabis break. I forget what it was. It was a very specific thing they were using on a lot of different leafly articles, I feel like in particular. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like, that's, that's a really good, especially because I hadn't really thought about if it was going to affect the receptors. Like if you're losing receptors, you're losing places for all those THC molecules to attach. I do think you, if you stop for a while and it will regenerate, that does seem to be part of the deal is that at least that's my assumption from the fact that anytime I take a break from pot, you know, it works much better the next time I smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not usually taking a break unless I'm sick. It it just was like, okay, like this is some science behind backing off or, you know, trying to reduce or eliminate using cannabis for just even a little
1: while. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. And it also kind of makes me think a little bit about what you were saying earlier in terms of like, the munchies and that kind of hunger stimulus that can happen. And it makes me think whether or not you end up with like the munchies or you lose the kind of ability to regulate your hunger levels, both of those things could happen the more and more you consume. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this, this, this felt very useful. And now you know as much about the ECS as we do. Should we move on to topicals and tinctures then? When we're talking about topicals today, we're really gonna be referencing lotions, creams, bath salts, oils, or sometimes patches. Topicals are often confused with other sort of what they call transdermal applications. And sometimes those are patches that are used if you want to stop smoking, help with birth control or delivery of some pain relievers. And so those are only topicals in the sense that they're applied to the skin, but that's pretty much where those similarities stop. For tinctures,
0: this is a, now we talked about alcohol infusions in the last CanaQuest. So tinctures just tend to be a more concentrated, Alcohol extraction. You can also make them with glycerin, which is um, a vegetable oil. So you can make tinctures with oil, like a higher concentration. Alcohol is a more efficient uh, solvent for for THC and and CBD. And with alcohol, you also get the. I was like, I want to say pinene but I was like, that is one of them. But the, <laughs> the word the that I'm, I'm looking for is starpenes. That's the word I'm looking <laughs> for. So terpenes are, are not as available to be dissolved in oil. They are much more easily dissolved in alcohol. So that was the other part of this research that, that I came across is that with tinctures, it's pretty much always made with alcohol, but you have other options. The main function of them is to be dro- put a drop or a couple of drops under your tongue, and then you hold it there until it's absorbed through the mucosal membrane in your mouth versus swallowing it, which is f- perfectly a fine way to take a tincture. But then you are having to go through the whole liver process through the digestive tract to the liver, then to your endocannabinoid receptors versus that under the tongue being absorbed into the bloodstream much more directly through the mucosal membrane and then being able to go to the ca- endocannabinoid system.
1: Interesting. is that sublingual that's what yes
0: okay yeah okay yeah so so, uh yes so the the other thank you for bringing that up because i meant to say that and i did not so sublingual or under your tongue you don't find too many medications that are sublingual this one is that means yes lifting up your tongue placing a couple drops under your tongue and letting it sit on that skin under your tongue because that's a it's very porous like that's why ah here I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, this is a great comparison, coming from our wine background, and how I always used to tell people that even even though nobody spits while they're wine tasting anymore, except for me, who's a weirdo (laughs) and has a low alcohol tolerance, that even with that, you are still getting alcohol because you absorb it through the membranes in your mouth. So even if you're spitting 100% of the time, you're still like still gonna get drunk. Like I could get very drunk at a wine tasting without drinking anything. <laughs> wow yeah I never thought about that. I mean it takes a lot more wine than
1: like vodka. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure. oh god I would not want to just let vodka sit under my tongue oh please no. <laughs> well that's mostly what I make my home tinctures
0: with is vodka.
1: Mm-hmm. But you're just drinking a little bit. Not yeah like it, a-
0: well so spoonful. you're not not putting a whole shot under my tongue. No, that's, that was what happened with the, the bottle of oil right. earlier when I tried to drink it. And just right. like, I'll be able to tip a little tiny bit out and then I end up with a mouthful of oil. So yeah, small small amounts. Small amounts of, all, of that tincture is going under your tongue. So who who benefits from topicals and tinctures?
1: Well, I can speak to the topicals part. This is an option for people who want to be sort of discreet with their cannabis usage because there's no smell, there's no smoke, there's no even knowledge that it's happening, similar to an edible. And it's helpful when you have a localized pain. So in a joint or your neck or something kind of very specific, and you can use it throughout the day. And this is a spoiler alert, we'll get into this later, but topicals do not get you, quote, high. You can use it throughout the day and still function at 100% without any sort of reaction. Then to talk about those patches that I had mentioned earlier, these are really good options for people who have trouble swallowing or who have chronic pain and nausea, and it's hard to get even an edible down or to smoke or those sorts of things. So a little bit more medicinally targeted, but also for anyone. These are a little bit harder to find. They're not as common as topicals, but you can find them. And again, these will have THC and often CBD. This can get you high.
0: When I had done a little bit of research on this last week, I had interpreted it as it doesn't get you high as it doesn't work. This is good context that, uh, well, and especially now that I understand that the endocannabinoid system does exist throughout your body. Hang on, let me me explain something else that I had read. And and this article, and maybe this was the opinion of the article I was reading, is that topicals don't work, is because it's really hard for the endocannabinoids, or the, sorry, cannabinoids, cannabinoids, to penetrate your skin far enough down to reach your bloodstream. But it it was saying so it was saying yeah, there's just no way it'll get you high because they can't really reach the bloodstream, but they can then reach the endocannabinoids in that one area, uh sorry, the endocannabinoid receptors in that one area. It's just not going all the way back to your brain is the the difference. So no, I, I, you know, topicals will not really get you high. So that experience that I thought I had had at one point of put a homemade topical that I thought got me high. It may have got my skin high, but my brain was high. Definitely. Uh, but tinctures, I mean, it's a bit, kind of the same. <laughs> I was going to say, as far as like who benefits from using that. Now, I was going to say who might not be able to benefit from it is anybody that is an alcoholic. Sure. If you're trying to use this sort of thing, probably not a good idea because it does have alcohol in it. I think that covers it. Not too many people that wouldn't benefit from using a tincture.
1: We talked a little bit about who would benefit from it. And this is exactly along those lines, but slightly different. What are some sort of holistic pros of topicals and tinctures versus smoking or edibles or drinking?
0: No smoking side effects. So no coughing, no irritation of the lung tissues, no smell. (laughs) I mean, we already talked about that, but that is a side effect of smoking. (laughs) but they're they're also making these for different things like eczema, psoriasis, which i i personally suffer from that's part of my my rheumatoid disease which is either depending on the day referred to by any of my doctors as rheumatoid disease or psoriatic arthritis so it's, it's both oh. <laughs> so i do have some skin involvement and i i get spots <laughs> in from different stressors when i was with that person, that very bad person that we don't talk about. I had a spot on my side related to that whole thing and it didn't go away until that person was completely gone from my life. And then after Trump, Trump was elected. I got Came a new back. spot, a new spot, to- move location. Uh, so that one used to be like right on my side, just above my hip. And then this, <laughs> my Trump spot was like on my thigh. Um, I'm pretty lucky. I don't get like huge skin involvement. I have had like spots on my face, but they're usually not too noticeable. Psorias can psoriasis can be a real bitch of a thing to have like some people get it really bad like get really big scaly patches if, you, if there's something like that can be like a moisturizer that has a little bit of, i think cbd tends to be the most effective for that i just had another idea and i'm sorry i'm high apparently pile- pineapple gelato makes you just have realizations so <laughs> that's probably why my research has been so funny the last couple of days because it's just like, <gasps> but that's connected to that. But so whereas like using a, a topical, since you're not getting that cannabinoid distribution all over your body, it's actually probably better for your system, your endocannabinoid system because you're not putting as high of a dose into your body or as as generalized a dose. Sorry, and it's I... not
1: binding it's not binding to the receptors the CB1s and the CB2s.
0: So that's why topicals are especially good for skin.
1: <laughs> Do you think you'll seek out some different topicals now knowing this could help with that targeted like psoriasis or pain?
0: Um I I'm, I'm torn. I'm torn on it because I think so the, uh, the shorter answer is maybe <laughs> because I'm not sure that I've ever really been able to feel the effects from CBD, but then I also go, but that's kind of the point of CBD, you know, like it doesn't get you high. <laughs> so it's like, right. Do I know if it's actually working or not is the real question. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not sure I know the answer to that. So TBD,
1: TBD to be
0: determined. Yes.
1: Just one quick note that you can typically feel a response within a few minutes and it can remain for a couple of hours because those cannabinoids do linger in the skin. So like Gretchen said, they're really good for skin conditions. It is (laughs) to switch to a little bit of the con side of this. Like you said, it can be a little hard to determine every time how you're going to respond, if you're going to feel something, is this effective, depending on your level of pain also can be kind of confusing. I feel like maybe even more than tracking an edible reaction or a liquid reaction, it, it feels like that feels a little murky. One other thing with topicals in particular, and this could be a, a con or a pro, but like we said it's not going to get you high, and so that's a negative if you are looking for something like that. Not exactly <laughs> going to cover everything, but if you're just looking for pain relief or help with dry skin, up to psoriasis, any level in between there, this could be an option for you.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's move into the the how. How does this process work? How do we go from flower to your endpoint experience
1: with those? Uh, but no So for the topicals, the first thing you're going to do is start with flour or some sort of extract, whether it's just THC or it's just CBD, most often, again, just CBD. And then big picture, you're going to combine this with oil, beeswax, lotion, aloe, cocoa butter, something along those lines. And this is really, really similar to what Gretchen will probably describe for tinctures and what she's already described in the edibles is you're going to heat oil or what other whatever other binding agent you're using and then you're going to add your decarbed flour to that heated oil and cook it together for 20-25 minutes strain that flour out and then you add the oil to your beeswax or cocoa butter or something like that and then a lot of the recipes I saw also said to include your own essential oils if you know your body responds okay to what you're putting into it. Well, just, yeah, make yourself smell good. Why not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So is that pretty similar for tinctures or how does that work? Tinctures are exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly the same as when I described how to
0: produce uh, any sort of infused oil and or alcohol last last time. The same thing, start with flour, decarboxylate your flour, put flour into your other substance, let combine either just like by sitting in a a cupboard for a couple of weeks with alcohol. I saw lots and lots of different videos on how to like make the actual tinctures today. I started watching this one video of this woman doing this, in my opinion, insanely complicated process. She was also claiming like, Oh, super intense. It's called like green dragon tincture. So like, there's like oodles of videos on youtube about green dragon tinctures interesting this was a 10 minute youtube video i was like i'm sorry no i stopped watching halfway through she lost me when she was like the second edition of vodka that's been in the freezer for for 24 fucking hours i just could not wrap my brain about around what was happening there are plenty of recipes out there on the interwebs if you want to make your own tinctures by the way because i've definitely made tinctures in my magical butter machine shout out magical butter machine please sponsor us i do think the extraction works better because you've got that little blade in there that zzz, zzz, things around and make mixes it all together but if you're looking for like a nice clear alcohol tincture that you can't tell has a bunch of pot in it because it because i'm making some cello right now that has a tincture i made in the mag- magical butter machine in it it's brown that's <laughs> yeah, so dark I'm not sure I'm down for making my tinctures in the magical butter machine. I think that you just end up with too much plant material being forced into the alcohol. So I probably would go back to the way I used to do it, which was decarboxylated. Well, actually, I didn't really know about decarboxylating until like two years ago. So I've always just been making it by infusing the flour into the alcohol. Like a big dum-dum and then wondering why it didn't work. (laughs) So I think I'd probably go back to that if I was really wanting to make my own tinctures is just let it sit in the fucking cupboard for a few weeks, you know, (laughs) I think, cause that would be the most useful way to want, if you're wanting to extract your terpenes, like you want to be gentle. Terpenes are very volatile. Like they'll just going to like you treat them, treat them too harshly and they're going to go away like fast. They'll go away fast.
1: They will go away fast. If you're mean to those terpenes, they're gone.
0: They're gone. They're going to run away from you. (laughs) And they will not be able to incorporate them in your remedies.
1: In your remedies.
0: Just to clarify, the timing of getting high is from a tincture is similar to smoking versus pretty quick. So it's a quicker high. So that's the main difference from eating it. And
1: what makes it similar to smoking it? Very cool. I think that covers the how. Gretchen already talked about this a little bit earlier in terms of how topicals are absorbed. But one other thing I wanted to just call out again is that the cannabis molecules do linger in our fat cells. And so when we do absorb a topical, even if it contains THC, we are not going to get that into our bloodstream. It's going to stay at the site it's been applied. So the more we learn about CBD, the more we realize that can really help with that. Again, that sort of isolated pain and THC feels like a little bit more of something that can help with an internal response. So that's how I'm kind of separating a, a skin absorption process a topical that CBD is going to be really effective outwardly, a patch that's THC could be effective, but that's because that THC is going to get absorbed into the bloodstream.
0: So let's talk about this for a second, because I feel like this is kind of important as to differentiate from like a homemade topical like mine versus something you could Find in store and those transdermal patches because the transdermal patches and things like that are uh, that you get from the store that are topical, like pain relief and stuff. The reason those work so well is they actually have an agent in them. And I don't know if it's the same agent every time but it's something that actually helps it carry through the skin layer and through that fatty layer under the skin. So that's partly why those tend to work better as they have that extra ingredient. Whereas my homemade topical cocoa butter, coconut oil mix, that's just going to be a like surface level absorption. It's not getting, it doesn't have those chemicals that would help draw that into my anywhere near my bloodstream. So that's why transdermal patches can work so well. And like store-bought topicals can work a little bit better as they have those ingredients in them to make that process easier for the medicine.
1: That makes sense. I've been curious about that because I have seen a lot of, balms or lotions that have a THC and CBD ratio. And I, as we've been talking through this, I've been trying to reconcile, like, was I duped? But now that makes sense because most of the time those were bought at dispensaries. And so they're adding this extra component to help absorb past the dermal layer is what I'm understanding.
0: Yes and no. I mean, that's just generally information about dosing. I did watch another TED Talk earlier about it, that was just sort of a general primer on cannabis. The woman, oh fuck, what were we talking about?
1: Well, I was saying you had said that some of the patches and some of the like like, you commercially produced topicals do get into the bloodstream.
0: And you were talking about the ratio,
1: which is. Well, not- I was saying I, now that we've been, when we were first walking through this, I was thinking anything that I've bought as a topical with THC was kind of a scam. But now what you're saying makes me think that those ones that I purchased like at dispensaries do make it intentionally absorbed into the bloodstream, not just topical if it has THC.
0: But you still want that ratio information, even if you have something that doesn't have those extra agents in it to make it go beneath the skin. Okay, I need a one-to-one THC to CBD ratio that's the most effective ratio for this skin thing another point she was making is that (laughs) yes they give you that ratio so the additional information you need with that ratio is the milligrams because while they're telling you the ratio if it only if it's like a big jar and it only has 30 milligrams of THC (laughs) that's a fucking low ass dose you know (laughs) So the the ratio, great. That's great to know. But the the milli, milligrams is really more what you need to know because that's what's actually telling you how much of a dose you're getting per application.
1: That makes total sense. I meant more along the lines of like now, kind of feeling like, what's the point of THC in a topical? Right, right. And now and. My previous understanding, like as we were talking through, and I was doing research for for topicals, was it the THC in the topical is never going to give you an endocannabinoid reaction, endocannabinoid reaction. But when you were saying that it does, though, because patches and so that's what I was trying to say Ah, was just ah, that that addition of THC now makes sense. Now I feel like I wasn't just paying for bullshit like ah now okay. I get that's what I was trying to say
0: <laughs> and then I explained something to you
1: that you were not asking so awesome but your point is valid that anytime you're taking anytime you're consuming cannabis you really need to be paying attention to the dosage not just the ratios the dosage yes yeah I mean that
0: that definitely tells you like am I going to get more fucked up or less fucked up but because <laughs> if you're right. going And and generally, let's just say that I believe I don't know if this is regulated, but for the most part, when you see those ratios labeled on something, uh, the THC is generally on the left Mm -hmm. side and the, the CBD is usually on the right. That's. That's how I've usually seen it, but I have no idea if that's like a regulated thing or just like an industry accepted thing where they, that's how it is done. But I don't know.
1: I'll have to look. I'll have to do some research. <laughs> more to come as always. Like we've said, every time we do one of these, we just realize we don't know anything. We yeah. learn a little more and we're like, Jesus Christ, there's just so much to learn. Uh. You know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> I know, exactly. You can even die and come back and you still won't know it. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about cannab- can- cannabinoids, which again are THC and CBD, and we've mentioned terpenes along this way. I'm curious still about how to get ta- terpenes into topicals and tinctures. Are they present there? We have mentioned, if you're using whole flour, then you're probably going to get it. But Gretchen, can you help me like understand this piece a little better? Maybe Uh,
0: I will tell you what
1: I've I've learned from the internet. So let's
0: make that real clear up front. This is from Gretchen reading the internet. Anybody that has resources, by the way, though, they want to send us, please high gluttony at high gluttony.com. Please send them to us. We will read them. It does seem to be dependent on a couple of, different factors on how your extract of THC or your cannabis extract is produced, your solvent and your heat. So as I mentioned, terpenes are pretty volatile. They will, and I wonder if volatile, if that's the right use in this. this Delicate? Yeah, they're delicate. They are delicate. So the lower the the temperature, the, the more you're going to be able to preserve those Terpenes. The less you excite your terpenes, the more of them that are gonna hang around in your flower, hopefully be carried into your end product. It 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 just is dependent on how much heat, what solvent you use, if there are going to be terpenes available. Oh my god. (laughs) Sorry, I looked outside and pod's playing dead. (laughs) Oh, Pod. Oh my gosh! Fully upside down, basically. <laughs> I had a heart attack for a little half a second there. I was like, nope, he's probably just sleeping. Oh my gosh! Can't really tell if he's breathing. Do you want to go check on him? I'm sure he's fine. He's just outside. Like, I mean, if he died, he died. If he's dead, he's dead. There's nothing I can do about it now. You're checking like... on him now. It's a good stuff. Fairly certain he's alive. I think I'm seeing breathing. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Didn't mean (laughs) to get totally distracted there. That's okay. The more delicate you are with your flower, the more likely you're going to be able to extract your terpenes and have them available for your product. Does that answer your question? Really? I feel like it does.
1: Maybe. I think so. The only other question I had, I think we brought this up in another quest can of quest too, was we had learned about the different activation temperatures for terpenes. Mm -hmm. which you've also referenced. And my question is when you're decarboxylating the flower, if you only take it to a certain temperature and it's below, like, let's say like you only decarb at 300, a lot of the terpenes aren't activated until above 300. Do you not activate them or how does that work? Actually, I think I felt more certain of my answer a minute ago,
0: but then I realized I don't I don't actually know. I will have to do more research. Sorry, everybody. I am just always finding more shit to look up.
1: Yeah, thinking face emoji. My gosh. Thinking. For sure. <laughs> Lots of terpene talk. Terpenes,
0: very important. We like to talk about them a lot.
1: And before we close out, we do want to provide a little bit of what we like to advise as sort of harm reduction with any drug use which is if possible be in a safe space when you're consuming be with people you know if you can and if even more possible know exactly what's in what you're consuming being fully hydrated and not on An empty stomach can help make a big difference in how your body responds and actually is really helpful in tracking your body's reactions. So if you're looking for what you respond to, just trying to keep that baseline of hydration and food is really helpful. And then we always say start low and slow. Take your time with not only how much you're taking, but also your expectations of when you will feel a reaction. And if you start to feel anything negative, which can definitely happen, have a friend talk you through it, call someone, um, consume some CBD, take a shower, just be careful. And then we've learned that something sugary can help counteract these negative effects or these negative responses and black pepper or chewing on a black peppercorn can also help. So those are some tips we want to share just because we both have been consuming for a little while and we're still learning how our bodies respond so we just want to help provide some best practices on on any sort of usage so Gretchen what do you think about this whole series we've talked a lot we've spent a couple of hours on consumption what do you think
0: (laughs) that I always end up with more questions than answers I feel like Uh-huh. <laughs> uh I want a new vaporizer because clearly <laughs> temperatures are important. We will I guess be learning more about that at some point. <laughs> yep. We don't know how, but they are. <laughs> yep. We're not exactly sure how that works, so we thought we knew. But we also thought we knew how to pronounce cannabinoid. So right. <laughs> uh, So we're always learning. But um probably it would be a good idea if I was Doing more cannabis consumption orally to get fuller distribution of my, or, you know, more complete distribution throughout the body to activate Mm -hmm. all, all of those endocannabinoid receptors.
1: Just activate all of those guys.
0: Every (laughs) one.
1: Every single one. And... I think my biggest takeaway, I definitely agree with you that I think on the whole, I should probably scale back a little bit and in particular build in some, what, cannabis fi- break? What did you mean? Me cannabis uh, cannabis Whatever vacation. that word is. A yeah. cannabis vacation. Yes. <laughs> build in a little bit of those. Oh, and I remember they're called tolerance breaks. That was what it was called. <laughs> tolerance breaks. I like it. Okay. I definitely think I should. <laughs> should be taking a few more tolerance breaks. And I also, I think it'd be nice to be doing some more edibles, but a lot of them that I've seen just have THC and I don't want to lose those terpenes and I don't want to lose that CBD if possible. A lot to think about. Like Gretchen said, so many questions. It'll be funny in a couple of years when we listen to these and we're like, well, all of that's wrong now.
0: <laughs> well, There's
1: so much more.
0: <laughs> if that's the case, if we are all wrong all the time, <laughs> uh, we we may just rip these down and do new ones, I guess. You know, like once we've come to a better
1: understanding.
0: There's always room to revise your research. There's always room for that. That's how science works.
1: <laughs> Yay.
0: Science. All, all of those things I've also learned. So we will... Keep finding out more information and learning about this wonderful substance we enjoy so much. I will uh, do one pod update. He is, in fact, alive. He's moved. So he doesn't feel dead anymore. (laughs) Ah, Close (laughs)
1: one. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But thank you for joining us on our magical consumption journey. And you can find us at highgluttony.com, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. And we do have a YouTube channel that we have made some use of. And we promise to put more videos up some sometime, someday. I was going to say soon, but I'm
1: not making that promise. I don't know. We've slightly abandoned the YouTube channel, but, <laughs> but there are some videos there still. <laughs> but help us out. We are growing. We're so excited. But it'd be really great also if you could Help us out a little more by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Tell a friend if you've been enjoying it. We hope you have. We have been having a ton of fun.
0: It is. It's so much fun. We want to bring everybody. Everybody needs to come for this ride.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Off Um, we go, go, Gluttoniers! coconut shells are so perfect <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're welcome